You're listening to Steady Picks Radio. Steady Picks is your source for industry-leading sports betting data and the latest news and information to help you bet smarter and start winning. Go to www.steadypicks.com to learn all the ways that you can listen to Steady Picks Radio and let our expert hosts help you win some money. Remember, betting is more fun when you win. Radio, wake up and wager. Steadypicks.com. Completely free to sign up. Go sign up today. Best bets from myself, Ricky. The Steady Picks system plays. So much more. So, so much more. Steadypicks.com. Steadypicks Radio. Thanks for joining us this morning. Happy Friday to everybody out there. And uh, today we've got a couple of things to talk about. A few plays in tennis. Uh, we got two plays, to be exact, uh, on the tennis courts. One in Wimbledon for the finals against with Anj Jabor and Rybakina. That'll be a fantastic match. So we've got a play in that match. I've also got a play this afternoon in France. With Jasmine Paolini, Dal Magalfi. We'll get to those in a little bit here because the the French, or I'm sorry, Wimbledon is not until tomorrow. So we'll get to that in a little bit here. Um, what I wanted to talk about today, though, is a little betting strategy, a little bit of. Uh, tips some strategy and something that frustrates me very very much as i navigate through twitter which is just a cesspool of opinions and oftentimes negativity but you see a lot of same game parlay talk there's no denying how popular they've become the same game parlay. But I think we just need to back up and look at them a little bit deeper. Um, Because if you're betting them, if you're listening to this and you're betting them, maybe you should consider not betting them. Or if you're going to continue to do so, you need to understand what they're doing, what the sports books are doing to you. Because with any same-game parlay, they are highly taxing you. Even more egregious than most plays and most bets that you make. Um, I think of, you know, I think of tennis as a pretty decent example where the split between the lines, you know, we talk about the dime line in, in baseball a lot, where they try and keep that 
split as small as possible. 110, 110, 105, 105, stuff like that. Trying to keep that difference between the two numbers as small as possible. Tennis, they get you know they get away with minus one fifty five, come back plus one twenty. It's like that's a substantial hold, and that's how they make up for not knowing that sport as well, right? So if they you know, tennis not a major market, people probably aren't betting it most of the year, not that many people anyway, so they can go ahead and you know they don't have to spend much time on it. They make these pretty horrible lines. And they move on. And they know that even though there's people out there that might beat them, they're holding such a high percentage that it doesn't even matter. That's kind of how that works. Like I was looking at, you know, and this is the Wimbledon final. You would think that they would have, you know, kind of a tighter line. And I guess they do compared to most, but... Anshabur is a minus 155 favorite, plus 130 on Elena Rabakina. That's a pretty big gap in there. Sarah Arani today, minus 160 comeback on Camilla Rosatello, plus 125. That's a huge gap. Same thing with Paulini and Golfi. 160 comeback plus 125. The gap is getting pretty pretty large on things that shouldn't be. Anyway, with the same game parlays, as long as you're aware that that you're being charged extra for that, you know, I can I can live with the fact that you want to play it. You know, not everybody takes this as seriously as I do and as Ricky does. And I think sometimes definitely forget that there's more casual people out there that do this as a bit of fun on a Friday night or a Saturday or or football Sunday, of course, which is where these are most prevalent. So I suppose I'll just share some math that I've done with you. Um, It's kind of hard to explain math through, you know, through a microphone without showing my screen or showing anything at all. So I'll do my best. And of course, if you have questions about any of this stuff, I'm happy to answer. It's at steadypicks underscore Tom on Twitter at get steady picks is the main page that I, that I um, I'm on frequently as well. So go ahead and check those two out. Um, often tweet out the tennis plays. I do the um, golf model. I'll send a screenshot of the golf model there uh, most weeks. So um, good place to check. Speaking of the golf model, to go completely left-hand turn and change the topic, how did uh, how did the first round go? I didn't even look. Uh, oh. Tringale runs away with a nine under. Um, Max Homa not great. Yeah, we don't look we don't look real hot. 
Just at first glance. I haven't I'm just scrolling through up and down the board real quick. Doesn't look uh doesn't look that good. Lucas Herbert. Who else do we even have? Mitchell. Yeah, I don't think Sam Burns. Time for six right now. He's but he's six back. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. Lucas Herbert's one under. Okay, that's enough of that. But we're, eh, it doesn't look great after day one. That's the thing with golf. Day one can, you know, it can be the most fun sport to watch when you're sweating out a huge ticket on Sunday. Or it can be so frustrating on Friday morning you wake up and uh, everything's dead. Anyway, um, yeah, as long as you realize that that the same game parlay is kind of taking advantage of you, um, I'm okay with that. Like like I said, not everybody takes this as serious as I do, as Ricky does. And I got to be okay with that. Um, what I, I do think is that you know, the people that don't take it that seriously... They're the customers that these sports books want. But they shouldn't be the customers that the sports books want. Because you know they are just going to run through their bankroll, deposit, lose it all really quickly, deposit, lose it all really quickly, maybe do it a third time, and then they're gone. They're not they're not on they're not betting anymore. The sports books really need people that are going to consistently bet. Bet every day, bet. I would venture people like us. The audience that listens to this show and myself, we bet on something pretty much every day. That's the kind of customer that the sports books need to go after. But right now, that's why they push these same-game parlays because this is the kind of customer that they want. And then they rob from them under the, right out from under their nose. So we'll, we'll go over a little bit of the math here. The reason they take so much of a, a cut is because the same game parlays are often correlated in some way. Now, what is correlation? That means if one thing happens, the other is more likely to happen. So if we think about um, the Chiefs minus six and Mahomes over two touchdown passes. Well, if one's likely, if one happens, if Mahomes throws two touchdown passes, the other, Chiefs cover six, is more likely to happen. You might say, well, I think that happens all the time. Two touchdowns and you lose the game. That probably happens a lot. Okay. What about something like Chiefs minus three first half, minus six full game? That's pretty correlated, right? 
if the team covers in the first half, they're much more likely to cover the number for the full game. Happens about 79% of the time. When a team covers the first half, they cover the full game against the spread in the NFL. So we, we create this situation where they're correlated and the payout is getting cut drastically in this scenario. So if we go ahead and do some math on what the normal payout would be, what the same game parlay payout is on, on something like that, we can find the percentage difference, if you will. So if we look at like the Chiefs full game and the first half spread, as we just talked about, a normal payout for something like that would be plus 260. That's a normal payout if you did the math the proper way. Same game parlay payout, plus 145. That's roughly 13% difference in you know the probability, the implied probability of those numbers. 145 is like a 41%, uh, let's see, 41.2% implied probability. Plus 260 is 27% implied probability. That's a huge difference. Huge difference. Really think about that. It's crazy. And so they're just literally taking taking money from under your nose. And, I mean, the math is there. The math is there on both sides, right? Math proves that the correlation is relevant, of course, as you, as you might think, like, it's a hundred percent, um, you know, math, and you expect that they're going to hold a little bit on par, a little bit more on parlays anyway, which they do. You never get the true value, the true fair odds of a parlay, but you never get the fair odds of anything. There's really no way, and they'll change the amount of correlation and how much they're holding. So for something egregious like Chiefs first half, Chiefs full game spread, right? It's pretty obvious to see that they're very correlated. But what about Chiefs uh, first Chiefs full game minus six and the over? Well, math and history shows us that Favorites cover slightly more when the total goes over. Just a couple percentage points. But that matters. That's a correlation. That's history. That's thousands of NFL games. That's the way it goes. 
and you'll never ever beat the correlation of the books. Like it's not even worth, um, like you just have to accept the fact that they're going to know more. And that's the thing about betting sports too, is like oftentimes you won't be better at math than the, well, I can tell you, you probably will never be better at math than the sports book. Like, we'll just throw that out there. You probably will never be better at math. And that's okay. We don't have to be better at math. We just have to be good enough at math to help us find edges and find other things that the book can't find. But as far as pure, like, computing power and math, you'll never, ever be better than the sports book. Just computing math, that is. What's also worse, and I can understand the correlated piece. Of course we can. Because, again, you got to account for two different bets that are more likely to happen if one of one of the two happens. Do they have to take as much of a hold as they do? No, but I get why they would because it, it's much more likely. Let's think about um, other same-game parlays that we would bet that are maybe independent. Right, like totally independent items, events. Let's say, oh, who do we want to use for this example? I wrote these numbers, but I didn't I didn't write any players. Uh Derrick Henry to score a touchdown plus one fifty. And they are playing the Rams. You bet Matthew Stafford to throw for three or more touchdowns plus 400. I don't know. Just go with me here. I don't have no idea. So you got a plus 150 and a plus 400. For each of those players to score a touchdown or to to cover that thing, it's very independent, individual and independent events. Right, you think about Derrick Henry rushing for a touchdown at plus 150 and Matthew Stafford throwing for three or more touchdowns. It's not relevant. It's not uh, correlated in really any way. If anything, they're probably negative, negatively correlated. How about this? They're probably negatively correlated because if the total in the game is 46, there's only so many touchdowns. You just you just bet on four touchdowns, and you've got to get all four touchdowns right. There's only going to be so many points that go around in that game. So you're probably even hurting yourself betting like all touchdowns like that. But that's a topic for another day. So, if you do the math on that, 
you might get a payout from the sports book of maybe plus a thousand for that two team, that two player prop parlay. You'll probably get about, you'll get plus a thousand. I did this with something else in, in, that was available, but plus a thousand. Because obviously NFL season's not in right now. The real math points to plus 11.50 should be the, the actual math on that. That's a 1% probability difference. Now, you think about 1% doesn't seem like a whole lot, but 1% is everything. 1% is so important when you look at managing a bankroll, trying to capture ROI, and profits. It's so important. So important. Because you think about it too. Now I have to win more games to break even. And at the end of the day, that's all this really is, right? Is shifting how many games I need to... How many bets I need to win to break even? If I'm just betting straight 110, 110, we know what that is. If I'm betting you know, all kinds of different things, we can we can do math to figure out exactly what percentage of these bets I need to win to break even. That's really what's important. And so all of these things that they do is just hurting that and moving that win percentage from 52 to 54 to 56, the more that this kind of stuff happens. The other thing with the same game parlays is they often... They often have... And it gets very confusing, and this is why I kind of hate it. It gets very complicated because they have these same game parlays you can build. They have these promos. They have these bonuses. These odds boosts are really um, popular, the odds boosts. And you have to know how to handle, how to navigate all of those things. And look, odds boosts are great. I, I love the idea of the odds boost. But if you don't do the math every time before you bet those, you're just doing yourself a disservice. Like, you must know if it is a truly an odds boost or not. We're getting a little bit off topic with this, but I'm just more interested in all the ways that they that the books kind of take advantage of us. And it's, you know, it's not an opinion thing, so I don't want people, oh, Tom, you know, Tom's over here hating on the sports books. No, I love the sports books. I love them all. They're, they're fine. This is just literally math. With no, and that's the beautiful thing about math. It doesn't hold any bias. It doesn't hold any any thought process. It's just math. It's a powerful, powerful thing. So a lot of times you'll find, you know, odds boosts that are better or pre-made like same game parlays that are that are better. There's a lot of different level layers to that, but. Ultimately, if you're going to bet any kind of odds boost or same game parlay, you just need to know exactly what they're doing. 
or as best as you can. Like the odds boost, it's very easy to go to a different book, plug in the bet that you're trying to bet and see what the odds are there. Shop it around and make sure that it's actually an odds boost because I can't tell you how many times, and this is where I do have a, you know, I hold a grudge with the books because I can't tell you how many times I've seen an odd boost, an odds boost. I'm somewhat interested just to see. I'm like, huh, that's, you know, it's interesting because sometimes they do give good ones. I go on to different books. I shop it around and it's literally worse than other places. Now you're telling me that you're offering me a quote unquote odds boost yet. It's the worst price in the market. Come on. And the, they often the sports books just think people are stupid like that. They're going to just see odds boost. Oh, that looks fun. Bet. And that's exactly what they want. And, that's exactly what we don't want to do and just look at it and go, oh, yeah, I like that bet. Oh, I love that bet. Eagles to win and Saints to win. Yeah, I love that. So we just have to be careful. Um, All right, I hope everybody enjoyed that little, just that little bit. Uh, I didn't mean to turn it into a, you know, a ranting type of a, a situation, but more or less just wanted to share math with, with everybody. Because you know me, I love doing math on, on different things. So please, questions about math or this topic in general, at SteadyPicks underscore Tom, I'm happy to answer anything that, that I can. If I don't have the answer, I will find the answer uh, for you. So thank you so much. Um couple of tennis plays to take us out on this Friday on this Friday uh, morning for the weekend um, two plays today first one we'll do Wimbledon which is tomorrow I actually don't know what time it starts tomorrow it's a little bit the, the books have 5am uh, listed but I, that's like their placeholder for tennis a lot I'm not sure how true that is. Maybe 9 o'clock, I think, is the start time. And we're going with Anj Shabor. Minus 155. I honestly can't believe this line is as small as it is. I would have thought, based on the numbers, that Anj Shabor and my numbers suggest she should be closer to a 190, 185, somewhere in that range. So Anj Jabor at 155 is a fantastic price. Um, and I really like that play. It might might end up being a two-unit play for us. Uh it likely will be for me. So do with that with what you what you you'd like. But Anj Jabor, that should be and you just look at her recent performances, man, and you just sit and wonder. Like she is just incredible right now. Just on a different planet. On an entirely different planet. And you know, historically, she really hasn't been that good at uh, like at Wimbledon or on grass. Like Rybakina's uh, truthfully her, you know, just straight Wimbledon numbers are probably better than Anjabor. However, you look at this run through grass season that Anjabor is having and 
it is like out of this world. Like before coming into this tournament, Rivakina played in three matches on on grass. She beat Jamie Loeb, who I've never heard of. She lost to Shelby Rogers. And then she lost to Serenko in the first round at Eastbourne. Ron Shabor's played you know, slightly more grass. Well, more matches, but one tournament. Where she ran through Berlin. Just crushing people, crushing some good players too. Sasnovich, Coco Golf, Belinda Bencic, who ret- ended up retiring, I believe, in the second set there, but was a good match while it lasted. And then you look at her numbers for, you know, Wimbledon, and they're very, very impressive. She has been kind of losing a, a set here and there. Uh, like the last two matches against Tatiana, Maria, and Marie Buzkova, she did lose a set to each of those, but they were, I mean, they were good players, so I, you can't get upset with that. But the numbers here on on grass through Berlin were out of this world outstanding. I think that continues here. Even her last, you know, 52 weeks of grass data is just out of this world. So, Anja Jabor is the play for the Wimbledon Finals. 155 is the price we got. The second play, which is today at uh, like 1 o'clock, a little bit later this afternoon, it's Jasmine Paolini minus 160 against Dalma Golfi. And this is definitely, so Anja Jabor is 155 pretty much everywhere. Um, this one you're going to definitely want to bet at BetMGM. Most other places are minus 175 on Paolini. And that's part of the influence of this play in a, in a bit of a way. Like every other place I that I shop this for is 175, right around there. So BetMGM's hanging a really good number on Paolini. I think she ought to be closer to that 175 number. And uh, Jasmine Paolini at 1.15 Eastern time this afternoon, minus 160, will take a shot uh, with with Paolini against Golfi. Golfi. Excuse me. I have a tough time pronouncing that name. And if we just look at my rankings real quick, uh, yes, I have Paolini listed as a minus 173 favorite. And again, remember, this tournament's on clay. This one's on clay. So, excuse me. Minus 173 is the price that I have this at. Uh, 160 is good to fire away. Steady Picks Radio, wake up and wager. Thank you so much for listening today. Appreciate all the support very, very much. Remember, Twitter, at SteadyPicks underscore Tom, at GetSteadyPicks. Let us know. What you want to hear about next? I'd like to do some more educational type stuff like that. So let me know what you want to hear about next. Um, hopefully we'll have uh, Clive Bixby on next week. We got to ask him about this summer league stuff. See if he's betting it or not. 
Steady Picks Radio. Wake up and wager. Have a good week, everybody. Thank you. <laughs>